Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 545, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you, live from San Diego Comic-Con. Podcast episode 545. We're coming to you live from San Diego Comic Con. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Well, not a hundred percent live, Connor. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm not I'm there. recording live from the floor of well, Comic Con. No, you hear the well, din behind me as the loyal comic fans from all over the world have shown up to I, partake I, in I, their hobby choice. I appreciate the dedication, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're in a hotel room, and I'm pretty sure I'm not there. So, uh, so live, I feel like we're not being totally honest in that in that in, the, in that assertion. So, Back to you, Ron. <laughs> I mean, the the important thing is is that we don't have Josh this week because he no, that's true. He 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 arrived at San Diego and then was sucked in by the crowd, and you haven't seen him for days now, right? I think he's in the line for Naruto stuff. Oh, Naruto. right, that's what Naruto. 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 Yeah, there you go. There's yeah. a ten year old joke. That's yeah. the last time I saw him. I haven't seen him since. Hopefully, he. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. He, 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 we saw him at preview night, and he said, right. hang on, I'm going to go catch that Pokemon, and then right. he, we just never saw him since. So yeah. I saw him heading towards um, the dock, and he may have ended up in the ocean. Okay, yeah. I mean, because when Josh plays Pokemon Go, he really plays Pokemon Go. He's like, focused solely on that screen. He doesn't yeah. look at what's happening around him, uh, whether he's on some sort of boat launch or yep. on a highway. Yep. Or on a cliff. It's really it tragic, really. Yeah. 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 So, anyway. All right, Josh. Love you. <laughs> uh, we are a fanboy, and we like comics. Every read a bunch of comics, even when we're at San Diego Comic-Con, and one of us picks their favorite book. Oh, by the way, could he use a few fewer comics for Comic-Con week? Big week. Big week. Yeah. It was like 20 books I had to cr- yeah. I had to cram in there on a on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Um, well, we had a pick of the week where we didn't script. We'll talk about the book, that book we picked, other books. Some fun stuff. I've lost the script, but just go with me. Ratings. Uh, maybe ratings. listener mail. We'll do some ratings because there's some of the rebirth books this week. And here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. There'll be some spoilers this week. Thankfully, Ron had to pick. I did. I did. And it's a big Comic-Con week. And so there was a lot of big uh, premieres, a lot of big launches. Uh, not, not, not not from every publisher. But uh, uh, but this this week, the pick of the week goes to Black Hammer number one, uh, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Dean, Dean Ormston, with colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Todd Klein. There's a, a little there, all-star team there. A little man. all-star lineup. Yeah, so if you remember, if you if you remember way way go back in the way back uh, comics hype machine, uh, this was announced. Geez, a year ago maybe. I have no recollection. I didn't know what this was when you picked it. I thought it was. Yeah, it was announced a lot. So like, remember the time period when when Lemire pretty much shook out from DC. And then he was, and then he was just working with anybody who would hire him. He went and did, he worked at Valiant. He was working at Marvel. Right. He worked at Image. Right. Um, and you know, of course, Dark Horse got in on the action as well too. And they announced this book, Black Hammer Number One, and you know that, that Jeff would be writing and Dean Ormson would be drawing. And I don't really remember what it was. I just remember, I you know, the, the, I just remember the title. Um, and it just you know for whatever reason never came out. Who knows if you know Jeff's schedule got built up or who know, who knows why. But sure enough, here we are, San Diego Comic Con week. 
live from the floor. Live um, from the floor. Live from the floor, kind of. And uh, and uh, the first issue launched, and I gotta admit, this was delightful. Yes. This was. Uh, did you did you get a chance to read it? Or? Yes. Once once cool. you picked it, and I asked you what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did read it. Uh, yeah. Yes, I did. So so like the th- the thing about this was is that um, it, it it feels as if. Uh, if Jeff Lemire was writing a Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol esque superhero team, as if they lived in Essex County, right? That's that's the vibe, and that's that's, that's our favorite Jeff Lemire. Yes, exactly, exactly. There's a there's a hint of sadness. There's a hint of um, there's a hint of sentiment. There's a hint of um, emotion, but it's also uh, you know it's firmly it's a superhero book. Uh, so the premise is, is that uh, there's this group of you know beings, of powered beings, are all living together on a farm. And it's like a true story. Yeah, true story. <laughs> and um, and they're just you know they're just they're just living their lives, and we find out that it's the anniversary of. 10 years prior to that when they saved the city and then they disappeared. And and we the reader know that they didn't disappear that they're living on this farm, but to the rest well, we know of- that we know they're not dead. Everyone thinks yeah. they're dead cuz right. they just they disappeared and they are somehow sequestered on in this small town whatever this small town may be. Yeah. They're not just on the farm. They go out they go out for groceries. Yeah, there's, a- there's a there's a restaurant. And yeah. They're in some sort of weird Small town. So there's a there's a big mystery here. Why are they gone? Where are they, where are they stuck? What happened? Also, yep. the, the, the titular Black Hammer or the titular Black Hammer uh, character uh, is gone. He yeah. seems to be dead. Yeah. And that's the question of what happened to him. Yeah. And so I mean, and it really, it, it really, this really captured me. I mean, from from the moment I opened the book and um, was able to see and, and and looked online and stuff like that and saw the different variant covers and saw the cover Lemire drew. Which really yep. made me really made me. I mean, Dean, Dean Ormston was is very is very very good, and I really enjoyed the yeah. art. But I couldn't help as I was reading this, going, "Oh, I wish Lemire was drawing this." Right. Um, but once again, for some reason, Lemire is not allowed to draw superhero comics. I don't understand why. <laughs> um, actually, to be honest with you, I would really like to see Lemire draw something. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but, but Dean, I mean, Dean Ormston is good. Dean Ormston was great. Yeah. No, this is He's this is very very good style for this store for Jeff Lemire's style. Uh, and this story, yeah, and very, and very sort of indie comics. Yeah, and I, I would, I would also, I would also throw in a little Hellboy into the mix there. Um, mm. You know, not a lot, just maybe a pinch of Hellboy. You know, you right. got, you got a whole, you got a heaping of Doom Patrol, you got a heaping of Essex County, you got a heaping of. Um, I, I also, I mean, it, it also like little Astro City, little. Um, I mean, and also it, it gave me echoes of the End League that that book that Remender did at Dark Horse a while back. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, so so it just it, you know it definitely hit on those notes of okay this is a you know this is a, a superhero legacy that has gone on that we're being introduced to um, we've got a collection of characters that seem to be wildly you know like unique and different personalities each one seems to have a story you know why, why is that why is why is the female character trapped in the body of a nine-year-old who now who smokes which is funny. Right. always funny make kids smoke um, <laughs> uh, you know why why is the bearded guy all whacked out of his head you know like all yeah. the, like each character that are not only really well designed in terms of how they look, but also like leaving you with wondering, like, okay, why, why is this person like this? And you know, and and the main guy keeping them all together, who's a little sweet toothy in that regard, you know, yeah. kind of you know the big tough kind of the tough guy with the big heart. Um, uh, you know, like you know, why why are they forced to live on this farm? What happened? Um, and I think that in terms of and you know, we do this does you know continue the grand tradition of the iFanboy pick of the week of being a number one issue. We do love <laughs> we do love our first issues. I thought yeah. this this set up this set it up perfectly in that you know it just threw us in it threw us into these characters, showed us the world they live in, and gave us just enough. Um, hints and just enough speculation about what had happened and where this might go to have me go. Oh man, I can't wait for the next issue. Yeah, this is there's a really intriguing mystery here. Every character has a story, and we get just a hint of that for everyone, so that we want to know more. We don't know this whatever this exile is. Each one of these characters has been changed in a different way by it. Yep. And we want to know why. We want to know what happened. We want to know how they're going to get out of, get out of it or how they're going to deal with it. Um, this is a really well constructed first issue in terms of yeah. giving you, uh, you know, I I feel like I knew most uh, at least something about every character here. Yep. Uh, you know, and I, it was I was it was one of those books 
um, where you get a first issue, you don't know anything about the character, so you wonder why would you, you keep reading here? There's just enough. This is the perfect kind of wheelhouse for yeah. Jeff Lemire. Yeah, really, really. In terms of the the first issue, kind of uh, uh, the, the the challenge of writing a first issue, Lemire Lemire Normston nailed it in terms of you know give yep. you just enough to have you think. And the funny thing is that this was not. I mean, I, I did not read this. This was. I mean, I read it, but I, <laughs> I, it, it wasn't. It wasn't originally on my on my uh, on my pull list actually. And I'd yep. gone through all my books. I had picked another book to be pick of the week. I had the email to you, Connor, all written. And then either I saw it on Twitter or I don't know where I saw it, but I was like, oh, Black Hammer finally came out. Let me go check that out. And so I went back and checked it out. And as soon as I finished it, I'm like, oh, forget that. This is the pick of the week. Like, this is, <laughs> you know, like it was the last book I read, but it was also the one that had me the most excited and the most like, oh, wow, you know, and, and talk about like something being worth the wait. Um, you know, so for those of you who might have you know heard about this and thought about it and and gave up waiting for it or whatnot, definitely give it give it a shot. Give I mean, it could be, and I don't know what to expect from this. I don't know if this is going to be a mini. I have no idea if this is a mini series or an ongoing or how much Lemire is committed to it. You know, he is a right. very very busy. He's got a very full schedule, and if it took a year to get this issue out. Who know who knows how long it'll take to get the other ones out? But I would imagine we'll at least get a trade's worth out of it, and if you can tell a nice complete story that even comes close to some of the emotions and some of the um, story, you know kind of points that the Essex County trilogy did for us, which is the kind of Lemire that we love the most. Right. Um, this could be something that's really, really special. Uh, yeah. I, I just hope it comes out on some sort of regular basis and we yeah. get to continue the story. Yeah, I hope so too. But um, but yeah, so so yeah, Black Hammer number one from Dark Horse. I uh, strongly recommend everybody uh, check it out and, and uh, give, it a, give it a read. So. All right, so this week we had two... DC Rebirth books come out, which means it's time for the rating segment. Rate, live from San Diego, rating. Live from San Diego. I'd like to. I'd like to set the stage for everyone. I'm standing in the middle of Hall H. Yeah. Well, we 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 had arranged for the special iFanboy ratings panel. Right, and right. Uh, uh, if you recall, your older listeners, uh, a young Al Franken. Yep. With satellite helmet. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. <laughs> that is what I'd like you to picture. Uh, right now, I'm in the fanboy satellite on my head. I'm in the which middle. I'm sure, it's not giving me any kind of brain radiation problems. No, and 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 it's crystal clear, Connor. We can hear you. We can see you. It's great. It, it, I, I, amazing what they can do with technology these days. Yeah, and it's, what's great about the set, setup is you don't really get much of the background. I mean, right now there's a lot of people in Hall H making a lot of noise. They're very excited by the, for the rating segment, but you can't really hear it because that's how good the microphone is. Well, yeah, it's, it just shows you how far microphone technology has come since 1977. So It's a very focused bubble that I can talk into. So yeah. now, in honor of our friends over at Mates, we do our rating segment, which we uh, pick a comic, read a comic, rate a comic on the five-point scale. And we begin with the, the Hellblazer, Rebirth number one, written by Simon Oliver, with art by Moritat. Yeah. And this is going to be a monthly series by the same creative team. Okay. What so, did you think? Uh, so, yeah, it's unfortunate that Josh is not here, considering that he's right. the pre- president of the National Hellblazer fan club. Um, right. But uh, I, I thought this is fine. I mean, this didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- I mean, like, I'm not terrible. I'm not terribly huge fan of um, of of Hellblazer. I don't know whether Simon Oliver is British or not. Although that sounds like a British name. Yes, um, yeah. yeah, I think he is actually. Um, but this was just like a straight up Hellblazer story with like a really fast ending. Right. Like it felt like oh shit, I gotta wrap this up. You know, like it was just like so. Let me just have this random thing happen, and then whatever. But it, it was fine. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't Simon Oliver is British. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. What did you think of it, Connor? It was fine. I can just say. I mean, you know, unfortunately, we are not the Hellblazer guys that Josh is. I have read. I read. I've read a good amount of Hellblazer books. Not not all of them, like Josh has. I read. You know, all those Garth Ennis ones are wonderful. There's yeah. like five volumes of that. And I read random ones here and there. The the Brian Azzarello stuff and. Um, some other random ones, but uh, and I watched the TV show. Does that does that give me any cred? No, it doesn't. Um, actually. In fact, it does. In fact, that that takes cred away it hurts. from you. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, it was fine. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, the more taught art is always interesting, and uh, that's really all I can say. So, I mean, it was a yeah. it was a one shot sort of. You know, you get a sense of who he is. You get a sense of his personality. Um, if you know. John Constantine or Constantine, you there's nothing probably nothing surprising here. You're gonna learn. Yeah, it was very. Um, but it, it was, does set the it, stage. From, he returns to London after his exile in the United States, and uh, you know it's it's a good it's a it's a you know John outsmarts a demon. It was it was it was very pedestrian. I thought. 
And, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that in a bad way. It just it, yeah, like he, he arrives. He arrives back in London. He fights a demon and then and wins. You know, and like and and smokes some cigarettes. And there you go. And and that's that's Hellblazer in a nutshell. Um, I don't know. All right. So ratings, ratings, ratings. I give it a three. I give it a three. Yep. Yeah. So totally, totally inoffensive, but nothing to celebrate. So gonna stick with it? No. Okay. Probably yeah. not. No. Yeah. I was. All right. No. You know what? No. Let's just be. Well, jo- Josh will. Josh will fill us in. So. <laughs> nothing. Nothing against. I just. I'm not. My favorite is when 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 Josh is off playing Pokemon Go, we can commit yep. him to reading books. Right. And so, so write this down, everyone. Yeah, everyone. Let's let's keep Josh to it. He's reading the Hellblazer. And keep forward. tweeting at him and, and emailing in yep. to remind him that he is he is going to be sticking with Hellblazer. Tell him to put the Pokemon Go po- Pokemon <laughs> Go down and read some comics. So All let's right. next talk about Batgirl and the Birds of Prey rebirth number one, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, with art by Claire Rowe. So this is yeah. an all female. Uh, story in our team. And what's fascinating is that Julie Benson and Shauna Benson are not related. Really? No, no, no I, don't, I don't even know. I, I assume they are. <laughs> that would have been crazy. I know, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, there was, was a lot of Jan- Yannick Paquette this week in, in covers and um, like uh, evo- variant covers. I was yeah. very thrilled by everything. A lot of Yannick. Oh, Yannick Paquette. So yeah. in this, in this uh, issue, the Birds of Prey are relegated to and... Birds yeah. of Prey used to be the title, and now they're the end. Well, they've they've mushed them in together, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, oh, Sha- so Julie Benson's a TV writer. I was just I just did the same thing. Both Ju- Julie and Shauna Benson are both writers on the One Hundred, um, okay. on CW. Yeah, they're TV writers, and and now they're writing the, this comic together. And so this is this is really I mean I mean this is fairly you know like Batgirl came up. Batgirl was one of the second wave hits of the New Fifty Two, right? Right. And um, and so I feel like with, with, with the second with the Burnside version, the, the reimagined yeah. version. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I feel like there's a lot of eyes on on anything Batgirl in this new thing to see if they can continue the momentum. Um, it is a Batman universe book, Connor. So what what did you think of it? Sort of similar to Hellblazer. Like I thought it was fine. Um, I think my biggest problem, as I said it before, is I don't really like that they. Are trying to cramming in so much. So here we have a long recap of Batgirl's career. We go through the Killing Joke and all that stuff, and it's it's still all muddled as to what is and what isn't part of this world. Yep. Um, I guess that's kind of the point of Rebirth is that it's all muddled, and we'll get it shaken out next year during the big event that happens. That's my that's my guess. But um, it's it always just seemed to me that for the New Fifty Two version, having her been Oracle, and the whole mystery here is that someone is. The new Oracle, and that's made her angry because that was, you know, Barbara's thing. Yeah. Um, and she reconvenes. <clears throat> excuse me. She reconvenes the Birds of Prey, which is her and um, um, Black Canary, and then also the, the Huntress ends up joining up uh, to find out who this new Oracle is, and that's the story. But it just seems to me there's so much they're cramming into this short amount of time that the New Fifty Two is supposed to have existed and been part of it. Her getting sh- shot and then recovering is a uh, Slightly a bridge too far, but anyway, uh, when you take when you get past that point, I, I enjoyed the second half more, in which you know the the girls are all together and there's tension because, you know, the, the huntress is not really part of their team and she's inserting herself into their investigation. And, right. Um, I like the interplay of the characters. I like these characters. I've, I thought this Black Canary is actually a better version of Black Canary than I've seen in most of her other appearances. Um. I, it was fun. I, I didn't love it. Didn't knock my socks off. I was always a big Birds of Prey fan. I was I love big fan of that book. So I'm looking forward to reading more of this. But uh, this was fine. So you're you're gonna stick with it. That that's a preview of our yes, but I'll yes, stick with yes. it. Yeah, I'm sorry. So jump ahead. There. All right. So ratings, ratings, ratings. Well, what did you think of it? I thought it was fine. I mean, like I have I have absolutely nothing invested in these characters or in any of the stuff. I, I think the I think the whole Batgirl mishmash is confusing to somebody who hasn't yes. been reading it or isn't aware. Um, mm-hmm. From what I know of Batgirl previously, the, the second wave, New 52, that, that had so much popularity, seemed a lot younger than the same Batgirl that was Oracle. Right. I, I don't she, was like, she was like yeah. a college student there. So it's just, it's again, it's like how did all this stuff happen yeah. in, in a span of, you know, she couldn't have been that young when she started being Batgirl. So it's in the span of five years, it's just yeah. a lot to, to deal yeah. with. Well, but, one, one word, Connor. Comics. So. I liked the Claire Rowe art a lot. 
I did actually. I, I and and so that that was the one thing I was going to say is that that you know I didn't have anything invested in it, but I, I enjoyed looking at it more than I enjoyed looking at Hellblazer. Um, uh, I thought the scene the, where the huntress kills the priest in the confessional was yeah. really well drawn. Yep. And also, I want to give credit to the color Alan Pasquala because the the Pasolac- overlay Pasolacqua. he's great. Pasolacqua. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the overlays of the shadows from the confessional screen yeah. on everything. It, it just looked really nice. I thought. Yeah, it was good. So, so ratings, ratings. I'm going to give it a 3.5 with a little edge towards the art. I will also give it a 3.5. Interesting. All right. So we're we're yeah. in agreement. We'll see you next week. Uh, all right, because I love I love uh, these characters, and you're not sticking with it. Oh, yeah, I'm not sticking with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I only read so much. So yes, I get you. I understand. Yeah. So that was the rating segment. Ratings. Ratings. So speaking of only reading so much, um, there was a couple of other new uh, series that launched this week. Some high profile ones. Um, thought we touch on them. First up is uh, Snot Girl, number one. Uh, from Image Comics and uh, written by Brian Lee O'Malley of Scott Pilgrim fame with art by Leslie Hung. Uh, did you did you get a chance to read this, Connor? I did. Yeah. I, did read this. I, I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Every character is supposed to be contemptible. I think that's part of it. Well, I think. I, well, I mean, or, or I, am I just too old? Well, I. What, it was funny because as I. Well, yes, you're too old, and I'm too old, and also we're we're probably not the target audience for this book. Um, but I, I think what's interesting is that if you look at Scott Pilgrim as being the sum total of wacky Brian Lee O'Malley's mind while living in Toronto. Yeah. Since Scott Pilgrim f- finished and wrapped up and the movie came out, he reloco- relocated and lives in L.A. Yes. So I'm wondering how much of Snot Girl is representing Brian Lee O'Malley's experience in L.A. because it seems very Los Angeles. <laughs> so not, the story of Snot Girl is that uh, she is a fashion blogger. Uh, let Dang. that sink in for a second. She's a fashion blogger with allergy problems. Yep. So uh, she gives nicknames to everyone and she ends up getting the nickname of Snot Girl, much to her. Uh, chagrin. Now, there are things that I liked about this book. I'll, um, gi- I'll give them points for the the, the 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 last couple of pages. That was certainly unexpected. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah. I did enjoy the the examination of reality versus perception. So she, yep. you know, she puts herself out there on social media. She's a fashion blogger. She's constantly tweeting and Instagramming stuff. But what she puts out there isn't the reality. The reality is. She's not as put together as, as the image she puts out there. She's constantly sick from her allergies. She constantly has red eyes and runny nose. And I should just mention as an aside, as someone who suffers very bad allergies himself, I did relate to that. But also, if her snot is actually that green, she's got an infection and she needs to see a doctor. Because <laughs> um, that's what green snot means. But yeah. uh, um, I like that duality of, okay, so the, the image everyone thinks I am is actually not the reality. And I did like that examination. However... I just kind of wanted to throttle everyone in the in the book. Um, yeah, yeah. Now that's because because I'm old. But uh, so the big twist in this is she meets Cool Girl, who's a sort of you know, Bohemian LA. She looks like she probably lives in Venice or uh, Silver Lake, and uh, she 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 enthralls Snot Girl. She's in fact was gives Snot Girl her nickname. And but the twist is they go to a they go to a bar. Which apparently freaks out Snot Girl. She's never been to a bar. There's some very weird things that happen. Yeah, it's a very book. odd. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and then. Uh, Snot Girl goes, she has an allergy attack, so she goes to the bathroom to take her pills, you know, sort of the, a play on running to the bathroom to do drugs, and uh, spills the pills, and then Cool Girl goes to check on her and tr- slips on her pills and looks like falls dies. and dies. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> what kind of pills are these? Are they marbles? I don't know. I don't think you can slip on Advil. Yeah. I think you would just crush the pill with your foot. Yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, it was, it was definitely like I definitely had to reread those pages. And be like, oh wait, 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 what? Because also like, the yeah, also she was like just dead on the floor, and I said, wait a minute, did yeah. she just shoot that girl? What happened? And did then that I just realized, happen? yeah. Uh. <laughs> So, so I don't know if now the next issue is gonna. I mean, we'll see what happens in the next issue. Whether that a that really happened or b whether she covers it up or deals with it or whatnot. But um, this is very odd, and and Brian Lee O'Malley is odd, and so that kind of comes with the territory. Um, 
But uh, you know, I, I thought I thought some of it, you know, like like you said, I I like the I like the the positioning of the main character and the 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 issue, you know, of, of of projecting this kind of image and really what you're like behind closed doors. I think that's really interesting. Um, I you know I you know you hate to see people. I mean, I guess you do what you know and all this sort of stuff. But I thought there was some little too much similarities to Scott Pilgrim from Mayo and which he's, he's never going to avoid unfortunately right. um, but like just with establishing the characters and the different names and like the little bio things it's like alright yeah I know that you've done that um, but uh, you know I mean it, it definitely was full of energy um, and apparently and apparently O'Malley also suffers from allergies as well as he drew yes. a, a little comic in the back of the pages of the book uh, explaining his you know the use of an EpiPen and things like that so <laughs> well what's, what's interesting is that we yeah, that was actually really funny. Yeah. But um, we discussed – I don't think you were on the show at this point when we discussed his last book, Seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, the tough thing for me with Brian William Malley, and I really like his comics. We, you know, we, we, we sung the praises of Scott Program forever and yep. one, one of the best things. But by the, if you recall, by the end of it, we really kind of hated all the characters. Yeah. And I really kind of hated all the characters in Seconds, yeah. um, even though it was a really well-done book. Um. I really just don't. I don't know. I don't, I've it, there's something. There's some disconnect between me and the kind of people he writes about. I, the, the, in real life, I would just avoid. Yeah. And uh, that, that's not that's not necessarily a fault of the book. Because sometimes you need to read about characters you wouldn't necessarily socialize with. But it's tough for me because I'm just like, oh, right. You know, the whole time. But it, it's a it's a world. I'm actually going to read the second one because there was you know the ending was very intriguing. Yeah, um, and I actually, I actually found myself enjoying Leslie Hung's art more yes. as it went along. Yeah, yeah, no, she's so. she's really good, and yeah. she's perfect for this kind of you know she looks kind of you know a little manga y, yeah, but not really a little. It's uh, like a, a like a little little touch of manga, a little touch of of, of indie. You know, uh, like I mean, honestly, I mean, I mean, honestly, honestly, this book. I mean, yes, this book's published by Image, and and we all know why or whatnot. But like, honestly, this is an Oni book. Right. Like it looked like an Oni book. You yes, know, yes. And, and so it definitely had that Oni Press kind of feel to it, and so. Um, well, what's great about the book, uh, coming out of Images, is not a sci-fi book. Yeah. You know, it's not. A, it's not a hyper. I mean, basically, you know, Images right now publishing, like two or three kinds of books, yeah. and it's mostly sci-fi action. Yeah. And uh, it's nice that there's some sort of, romance fashion blogger book coming out now. There's a death in it, but it's not, yeah. you know. I assume there's no aliens in this book. Yeah, we, we, for, for now at least. Like in the fifth issue, that's what happens. So. Right. All right. They come uh, in the fifth issue. So yeah. Betty and Veronica, number one. This is a big release from Archie Comics, written and drawn by Adam Hughes, the elusive yes. Adam Hughes. And uh, so you're the bigger Archie fan. So I'm really curious what you think. I'm a big Archie fan, but I'm even a bigger Adam Hughes fan. He's, yeah. I mean, he's he, going back to the '90s when he was discovered. I'm not discovered, but he sort of hit. Became uh, known when he ju- when he took over Keith Giffen's Justice League, right? And I was like, "Whoa, who is this?" Uh, so ever since then, I've been a big Adam Hughes fan. Um, this was really hard to read. It was very hard to read. Is this? We, we we've discussed in the past when we talked about Jughead how it's it's kind of bizarre that all these books don't um, fit together yep. with the main book, and which is not necessarily a problem except for they keep referencing them to each other. So. Uh, that's bizarre. But putting that aside, um, I really like Adam Hughes. We've we've interviewed him. You and I had dinner with him at Darwin Cook's wedding. Like yep. we, we were we were sat next to him. Super nice guy. Super yep. great guy. It just reads like middle aged guy writing teenagers. Yes. Well. Okay. So so I wanted to actually separate the discussion in the in that in that regard. Okay. Um, Adam Hughes, I feel, is best known for his art. Yes. And so, from an art standpoint, did it deliver for you? I liked it. Yeah, um, so you, you, you're still using a slightly different style to, to get the book out. Yep. Um, a not, lot of the details is being made up. Looks like by the colorist. It, it's not. It's not too. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well too. It's not too cheesecakey. You know, because he gets. I feel like Adam Hughes gets. You know, he's been doing so many pinups and all that sort of stuff. Um, and him doing Betty and Veronica, people would go for the easy kind of. There's a joke about that in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they, I know. Where they read the exposition in bikinis, but you, you know they're not exploitative bikinis right. and or in an exploitative manner. And also, I was thinking about this as I was reading that joke. You know, our Archie books are always kind of cheesecakey. Yep. With uh, Betty and Veronica, and it's just the only reason no one talks about it is because they're drawn in a cartoony style. 
Right. But you know, if half those covers are them in a bikini on a beach, yeah, um, that's just the way it goes. But I, I thought the art was really good. Yeah. So now, from a writing standpoint. Uh, it's just where it faltered. I mean, I, I, I don't, and and I, I've, I haven't read as much of what Adam Hughes has written, if at all, of anything before. I've always considered him to be an artist. Um, not say that he can't write or shouldn't write or whatnot, but I mean, if I had to read the his his phonetically spelling WTF one more time, right. I, I, I it was it was just it was very hard to read. Uh, you know, well, it's just the, the opening scene really put it off on a bad foot. Yep. In the, the very long conversation with Jughead and Archie, had just read completely false for two uh, teenagers. Yeah. Even teenagers of 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, it just didn't, it, it didn't read like two kids talking. Yeah. Um, it was also a big colloquial problem. I'm pretty sure Adam Hughes is from Georgia. Uh, right? Possibly, yeah. He, he, he had that studio in Atlanta forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at one point, Betty calls her grandmother Mima, which is not something anyone in the Northeast ever says. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's I, I never even heard that term. Yeah, you know, it's it's just, you know, our, uh, Riverdale is in probably Long Island. It could be Westchester County. Either way, it's yeah. it's in the New York area. Yeah, no one in the New York area uses the term Mima. Yeah, no one. Oh, it just doesn't happen. That's very specific. Uh, I love it. So it's just, it's just it's, but that's the kind of thing that stands out. It's like, okay, well, <clears throat> yes, that's a thing, a term used in certain parts of the country, but not in this part of yeah, the country. Yeah, and I'm yeah. surprised that got through. Uh, yeah. Editorial especially yeah, but, especially considering that Archie is located in Westchester County, that you think they'd be all over that, but yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I'm not going to. I was. I read it out of curiosity. I will not be continuing with it. So it's hard because I really you don't get a lot out of Hughes art. Yeah. Uh, but it was real hard to read. Yeah. Um, well, that's unfortunate. All right. So, well, then. well, I don't. Maybe I'll find out if Pops is, is saved. I also don't know how long this is going to go because I know I know he he hates when people talk about it, but. You know he he he's very slow. Yeah. And, how, yeah. Uh, how long can you how long can you expect it uh, to be on time and all that? I mean that that and that's really one of Archie's biggest failings is that they get a lot of tension around these launches and then it takes forever in between issues and then you just lose momentum. So yeah. And I'm I'm the kind of person willing to wait for Adam Hughes art, but it's tough on ongoing. Yeah. So this week we saw Velvet 15 wrap up the Vel- Velvet. Yep. I mean in the back they said there's going to be more Velvet, but they don't know when and. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. Not that I think he's Edward Baker's not telling the truth, but he's got a lot of things going on. Right. Um, yeah. And 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 this you know had a lot of delays going into it. Took a long time to, to get these fifteen issues out, and which which in Ed's Ed Brubaker's write up towards, towards the end, he he takes ownership of that, which is fine. And honestly, I think you know. I, I think it's been well worth the wait. I mean, reading this, yes. I mean, I thought this was a this was a, a good wrap up. The story was told. Um, it leaves the cat, you know, leaves it leaves the character Velvet in a place where they can pick her up later on. Um, it, every issue looked gorgeous, um, you know. And he says that him and Epting are working on something new, so I'm excited to see what that is. Um, this is, you know, 15 issues. Uh, it's you can't I, I can't complain about it. I thought it was great. This is a great spy story. We get yeah. in this issue. We this is it thicker than normal. It feels like it is a little bit. Yeah. Um, this issue, we we get we find out what's been going on. The character of Velvet's been running around the world trying to figure out who killed her husband and also why they're trying to kill her. And, and we find out why in this issue. I'm not going to spoil it in case because a lot of people haven't read it. But uh, it was a very satisfying twist. Not a twist, but a very satisfying reveal. Um, the ending was satisfying. As a whole, take as a whole, these 15 issues are going to read really great together. Yeah. Um, it was hampered a little bit by the delays. And this is a book, you know... Is where most of the characters are guys in suits, so you kind of forget names and what, who you know when, when they right. say a name, it feels like it should be important. You forget who they're talking about. But overall, uh, when it was coming out, this is one of my favorite books, and I thought it wrapped up really well, which is not something you can say about every you know endings are hard. We often yeah. talk about how how it, you know the ending doesn't necessarily live up to it. But I thought this did, ended really well. Yeah, very good. So I'm very, very happy with Velvet 15. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All so right. we have news, breaking news, Ron, from the floor of the show. Breaking news. Why, why, why don't you go for it? <laughs> uh, we have, you know, every week on the show we talk about how you can support the show at fanboy.com slash support. And, of course, you can still go there and you can click on the Amazon link and you can make your purchases through Amazon. And some of you write in and ask if it's, if it's working. I made purchases. Can you, you know, is it happening? And. I don't think we have that dashboard anymore, do we, Ron? Well, no, we do. So the thing is, is that we can we can see what is purchased. We just can't see who is purchasing it due to uh, privacy, which, which is which is fine. We don't want to see anything. You don't want us to see either. We don't need to see what you're buying. Exactly. Uh, so, but uh, just assume if you're doing it, it's working. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, um, there's, been, there's some there's some changes to the page. Uh, some 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 big changes. Uh, yep. Yeah. So so basically, what uh, we've we've talked for the past couple of. Uh, Past couple of uh, weeks or months that we've been working on some changes to the membership program. Uh, those of you who are current members, we thank you for your ongoing support. Uh, moving forward, we are shifting over the iFanboy membership program over to Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a platform that many of you are familiar of. We use it for Goodfellas Minute for people to allow to support there. Um, basically, in the in long story short, it's just a lot easier for us to maintain it and keep it running, and easier for you to maintain your your support uh, via through Patreon. Uh, than yeah, this way you can ch- make changes rather than emailing us. Yeah, and having us make changes to your membership. Exactly. Right? You can get full control over it. Exactly. So uh, if you go to patreon.com slash iFanboy, you can sign up there. Um, and we're going to we're gonna do a write-up on this on the website so for existing members can understand exactly how, what's, how this transition is going to work and all stuff like that. But basically, um, if you are a current supporting member of iFanboy on PayPal, we ask that you go over to Patreon, sign up there, and either cancel your PayPal membership on your side or email us and we will help you with the cancellation to, to do it all up. We're going to be sending an email to all existing members to help through this transition. It might be a little rough but we know you want to help support us uh, support us and we appreciate that so we'll try to make it as seamless as possible um if you aren't a current member you can sign up over at patreon.com slash ifanboy and here's the thing uh we've got a bunch of different levels where you can sign up to show your support um at three dollars a month uh which is the price of a comic book which is the price of one comic book you'll continue to get this free the podcast for free um, and, of course, we will thank you with our gratitude on a page on ifanboy.com. So you'll be uh, published as a, as a uh, supporting member of the iFanboy community. Uh, at $5 a month, you'll get not only thanked on the website, but we'll thank you on this year's podcast. So there you go. So you can, Which you, anyone who listens to Goodfellas Minute knows. We like to have uh, fun with it. And be a fun time. Yeah. Um, now, if you got a little more scratch and you want to show a little more support, uh, for $10 a month, we'll thank you on the website and on the podcast. But we'll also send you some iFanboy stickers, some iFanboy buttons, as well as a comic book from our own collection. Uh, which is, you know, so you're going to get a, you're gonna get at least get $3 worth of a comic book back in the, right. in, in the deal. Um, and then finally, for $20, a month, not finally, but for twenty dollars a month, you get the sticker, buttons, a comic, uh, thank yous on the website, as well as a trade paperback from our collection. So you're getting iFanboy certified comics at ten dollars or twenty dollars a month. And finally, I'm not necessarily going to endorse everything I said. Yeah, exactly. Um, and finally, if you are an eccentric billionaire and you want to show your support of iFanboy, uh, you can you can pay a thousand dollars a month and you'll get all that great stuff, as well as uh, you can come on the show. We'll invite you on the show to be a guest uh, on the show. And we had we had one of those people on Goodfellas Minute. They supported yep. us at the highest level, which yeah. we didn't think would actually happen. And they came on the show, and it was yeah. fun. They did a yeah, good it was, job. It was good stuff. It was Jordan. Um, now listen, now, but now as part of this, as you know, by moving our membership program up to Patreon, we're giving you guys incentives to support the show. Um, we will have milestone goals, and every time we hit a goal, we will unlock something else that we'll do for the community. Um, and so, as of right now, the the first two goals that we're tracking against is that if we get it to two hundred fifty dollars a month of patron support, um, we will allow. The, the paying members of the iFanboy membership to vote to add a book to the show each week. So you will right. decide what comic, uh, a comic that we talk about on the show. We'll all read it and uh, we'll, we will tell you what we think of it. So that's pretty cool. We've never done that before. Um, right. And also, if we get to five hundred dollars a month um, goal, we will do more talksplodes. You know, Josh is to, Josh talked to Tom King and Mitch Jarrods, uh, as well as Mark Miller, a couple weeks ago. Um, we will commit to doing more talksplodes in the future for you because you are stepping up to support the show. So, if yes. you want to hear if you want to hear more creator interviews or interesting people interviews, um, help us get to five hundred dollars a month, and that will uh, get you there. So, so there you go. And finally, if you don't want to sign up for a membership, if that's not your thing, but you do want to help support the show, you can still support through a direct donation via PayPal. That link will still be there. That link will still work. And we thank everybody who's done that. So um, exciting times. It's all going to be listed out on ifanboy.com support. If you have any questions, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. We'll be all over to help you out with this stuff. Um, and we thank everybody in advance for their support. So Also, thanks for listening to that. You won't have to hear it again. Exactly. We're not going to go through that all again. Yeah, no, so no. Let's talk about some more comics. Okay, so Spider-Man number six, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. No Sarah Pacelli. Art was by Nico Leone. And I, I thought wrote, it was funny that uh, we just talked about how it takes forever for these books to come out. Yeah. <laughs> this book. And it came out like two weeks in a row or two. Yeah. Or something yeah, like that. Very, very quickly. Um, I, I, and the thing is, is that not only did I miss Sarah Pacelli a lot, like she's really like her identity, I think is it, like her, her work on this book really, you know, is the identity of the book. Um I just continue that I just don't like Miles in in the mixed in universe. It's just, it's, something's not fitting. Some, a puzzle piece isn't fitting for me on this book. 
I was really disappointed because I saw the cover and it said Bendis and Leon. I thought it was going to be John Paul Leon. Oh yeah, that would have been nice. So I got all I got super excited and then I turned the page and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. So it's rough. I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is about the story. I don't know what it is about you know like I, I mean it's fine, but there's a little magic has gone to what was Ultimate Spider Man. So right. so Batman number three, Tom King and David Finch. I re- I really enjoyed this, but I. It's, why do people keep going down dark alleys in Gotham City? Yeah, you think that they'd they'd learn by now. They should have a PSA campaign, you know, put it on the subways. Yep. I and, grew up uh, in you, New York City. You didn't go down dark alleys. You would think just, at least you would think that. you'd think at least the Wayne Foundation would like right. add add lights or do some sort yes. of war. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I just saw this family turn on the dark alley and I was like, Why are you why? Why are you going down this oh yeah. see, this is what happened. You go down the dark alley and some guy with a gun shows up. Because yeah. I think every dark alley in Gotham has a guy with a gun waiting in it. But uh, <laughs> this is this is still fun. I just wanted to. I just I just couldn't believe us. You know. Yeah, I mean, they just it doesn't even look like an inviting alley. It's full of it's, it's not, trash yeah. and broken yeah. pieces of wood. I mean, just <laughs> um, <laughs> stay out of the dark alleys. It's it's good advice. They should listen to you. Yes. Uh, all new Wolverine number ten. Um, Igera on art. Uh, yep. you remember Igera from the Pet Avengers. Uh, this is a tie-in with Civil War Two, and so I guess basically everybody in the Marvel universe is this this Ulysses Inhuman is going to see something bad about them, and Maria Hill's going to show up, and they're going to go fight him. Like that's that's what's happening. And yeah, that seems to be happening in all, in all of the crossovers this week. Stupid! It's too much, and it's stupid. Um, but that said, I really like the the vibe of this book, and basically, uh, the the Inhuman sees Old Man Logan killing. Uh, X-23's clone sister and so that's why S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up and that and blah, you know and so it's just it's 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 just it, it's it, this again I think is an example of how a big crossover like this just can kind of stab the momentum of a book that's going really well um, so a little rough but uh, but still enjoyable um, alright quickly in Star Wars corner Star Wars 21 with that amazing David Aha cover with all the stormtroopers um uh, this kicks, oh right! Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Yes. This this kicks off the new storyline. Uh, Jason Aaron writing, of course, and uh, Jorge Molina on art, uh, doing his best imminent impression, which uh, which honestly uh-huh. was which honestly isn't that bad. Um, and if you remember back early when Star Wars when the comic first launched, I had a problem with uh, Jason Aaron adding dialogue for this for a Tie Fighter pilot. Right. Um, and this whole issue focuses on a on a uh, a badass battalion of stormtroopers, and there's a lot of stormtrooper dialogue. And while I still wrestle with, I think stormtroopers don't talk. Right, they just hit the floor. That's yeah, exactly. They they, boom, stormtroopers hitting the floor. Um, that said, this was kind of awesome and badass, and and I, I'm excited for this arc. I don't know where this arc is going, um, but this whole little stormtrooper battalion was kick-ass. One stormtrooper had a lightsaber, which is crazy, um, and it was just it, it was a lot a lot of fun. So I'm I'm coming around on the stormtrooper dialogue, but uh, I just don't like having stormtroopers having individual identities. You know, but and Jason may may I've argued this with Jason. Jason makes his argument. He's like, well, you know, why why wouldn't they? You know, they're people. You know, right. I was like, yeah, it's true. You know, just because we just because we didn't hear him in the movie doesn't mean that they don't have inner monologue or talk to each other, which I think is fair. Well, there, I mean, there was that one scene in the first uh, movie where yeah. they talked about was it cars they were talking about? I I don't know what it whatever is. they were talking about. It seems like yeah. they're talking about you yeah. know, did you see the new something? Yeah, Toyota, whatever. It was. <laughs> Um, do you send him detailed notes to every issue? Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> and finally, um, in the I Got This Corner, uh, or as far as I could tell, I don't know if you saw any other ones, Connor, but the only offender this week was Scooby Apocalypse number three, uh, where, who, who's the blonde? Fred. Fred says, I got this. Uh, I didn't read this, obviously. Yeah, but. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I missed the show two weeks ago when Josh did his, the, that aberration of a solo show. Did you uh-huh. know a Flintstone series came out and it was batshit crazy? I'm not surprised. We are definitely talking about Flintstones number two when that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, anyway. I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, we will. Don't worry, we will. Um, all right, so that wraps up the books that came out this week. Uh, so, Connor, you are on the floor at the exhibit hall right now. Wh- wh- what booth are you standing near? Ron, I'm on the floor of San Diego Comic-Con right now in the midst of all the madness, standing in front of the D.C. booth. <laughs> I'd like to stand in the D.C. booth because, as everyone knows, who goes to San Diego. That's where the best carpet is. It is. And uh, lots of interest. Uh, energy levels are high. And 
Everyone's so, having a great time. So Ron. what are, what are what are the what are the key what are what are you what are you seeing at the at San Diego Comic Con? What is what is the hot <laughs> property? What is the you know give us the report from the show? Well, of course, the big news this year has been that uh, a lot of the movies didn't show up. Yeah, uh, you know, which is uh, has been the big draw as we know for the last ten years of, of the show. But uh, there seems to be no lack of interest in the show. There's still tons of people. You can't move around. Uh, it's if anything, it feels more crowded. But uh, you know, everyone's everyone's having a great time. The thing about San Diego is everyone's having a great time yeah. all the time. Um, Have a good time all the time. There's there's it's funny because the last show I did uh, personally was E3 in LA, and uh, video games right now are all about virtual reality and now there's some virtual reality creeping into the comics world there's a there's at least two virtual reality stations i've seen so far on the floor wow um there's one in the dc booth they're doing one for batman arkham whatever the, the new game title is and there's there was another one i saw uh but uh it's cool you know i i'm i've been tweeting out some photos from the floor the uh <clears throat> A lot more Batman animated toys coming out, which is exciting. Um, if you like Wonder Woman, they have the not only the costumes from the new Wonder Woman movie, but they have the Linda Carter original costume on display in the DC booth. They have uh, Doctor Strange stuff at display in the Marvel booth. It's um, and the, the Star Wars booth is built like a Jedi temple. So it's it's uh, it's it's the show you know and love, Ron. Yeah. If you've been there before, you've seen it. It's the same show, but uh, it's still fun. I went to the. Well, we're going to talk about this the special edition podcast, but I went to the Star Trek Beyond premiere on the first night, and that was tons of fun. Um, we'll give an in-depth report on that during the show itself that we're going to do on it, yeah. but uh, it's been fun. You know? Yeah, no, and I saw on the first day of the show, Marvel made you know Marvel TV made a big splash. They, the Luke Cage cast was there, yes. and, they, and they they showed the teasers for Iron Fist and Defenders and all that sort of stuff. So I mean, I I, I mean again, we you know like we've always say San Diego Comic Con is what you make of it, and and if right. you're into comics, there's a lot of comic stuff to be had. So yeah, there's a lot of great comic stuff to be had. You know the. Um the, the joke was always, if you get through the crowd of the, the TV uh, toys section and you get to the comic section, there's a lot more room to, to move. But actually, uh, the comic section is very very crowded, very packed. Um, mm. Not nearly as many people playing Pokemon Go as I thought, or they're doing it very discreet, discreetly. Um, so it's, it's been a fun time, and, and you know, everyone's having a blast. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's good. So you're glad, you're glad you went. Your feet, your feet are all right? My feet are okay. We have, we've had some... Feet problems within our group. Some people wore the wrong shoes, <laughs> but uh, you know what you do for that is you go back to the hotel hot tub. Yeah, which so. is, uh, as you know, very exciting. Yeah, indeed. let's do some emails. That's my quick hot report. I will talk more. Uh, we have more thoughts, uh, which are Star Trek related. So we'll talk about that on the Star Trek Special Edition show that's coming up. But yeah, uh, yeah. But, so, uh, so let's. Uh, oh, we... one, one, note, one, one item of note. Oh, yep. Uh, it's been incredibly hot. Oh, wow. I know the iFanboy hot joke, haha, but it's been in the 90s. Wow. Which, if you have to walk, if you, and humid too. If you, and if you had to, so if you've walked from your hotel to the show, you get there and everyone is just drenched. That's very un San Diego like. Right. I remember the one year we came here and it was in the 60s and everyone was cold. Yeah. And we didn't bring any like warm clothes because we right. normally come at 75. But everyone in the show floor is drenched, which makes the usual co- uh, convention funk even more pungent yeah oh jeez lovely time all right lovely time well good well have a good time survive i'm enjoying not being there so that's (laughs) uh all right so we we promised last week we'd do some emails and we got a couple of good ones so let's get through them quickly because we're running out of time and i know you got to get back to uh you got to get off that floor before your power power cuts out i'm being um, told by security to move and so i'm moving now as you read all right so first emails from jared from indiana indiana and he says reverse jared here in my travels in time through the Pick of the Week podcast, I made it to episode 339, which seems to be when everyone started measuring how long they thought about questions. It seemed like the appropriate time to step off the cosmic tread- treadmill and really spend some time pondering a topic. So this question I've been thinking about since June of 2012 is this. All right. Wow. I, all right. I was, um, well, before, before we get to his question, I feel like we should address that. I went back and looked at episode number 339 of, uh, of iFanboy, and I believe he is correct. That might be the first mention of thinking about things. Wow. Um, and Connor, if you remember, our, remember, our own origin of that happened probably around March or April or May of that year. Yes. Um, so, so this show came out in June 2012, and the description of the show is, you know, 
Josh, Connor, and Ron have really been thinking about comics lately, and I mean really thinking about comics, like for hours, just so you know, mulling over comics and what they could be, like really thinking about them. Yeah, that, I, I think that's the first time. So there we go. So so, so for those of you wondering how where the origin of the thinking about comics joke came from, it's June 2012. So, all right, uh, so good job, Jared. Um, so his question is, I was reading some older Doctor Strange comics and noticing how he doesn't really have a defined power set. Would you rather read about a character who has defined powers, or do you like it when a character's powers are more mysterious which i think is a very good question because for me it's a little bit know. it's a it's a little bit of both because yeah, it's a little column a from column b yeah because here's the thing is that i really like i, I i'm a big old oh hot move fan you know marvel handbook uh, handbook of the marvel universe i really like reading you know the trading cards understanding like this is this guy's power or whatever what drives me crazy is when writers create a power or randomly give them some ability to get out of a situation that isn't um, that hasn't been documented or doesn't go with that character previously. Right. Like, I don't like it when powers are used as 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 as, as you know as MacGuffins. Right. Or the Deus Ex Machina. Um, yeah. 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 I think I would lean more towards you. You want to know what what characters can do but on the other hand there's always fun and surprise um i mean but comics it, comics tend to be pretty rigid i mean you had years of those marvel handbooks and where powers weren't even not only listed but they were measured and and you know dc who's who i mean you, most most characters have a pretty well-defined power set i mean dr strange is mystical with mystical characters you kind of can do anything because it's magic yeah but for the most part, I don't think this is really an issue. Well, I mean, I, and the thing is, is that like, it, 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 I going back on the X Men history, like the X Men's always had very defined powers. You know, Cyclops shot optic blasts. You know, you right. know, uh, Nightcrawler teleported or whatever. And then when Grant Morrison came along and added the secondary mutation, now you had oh, and I could also do this, and I could also do this. And part of that, I think, is from thirty plus years of writing the same powers over and over again. Let's give this new things to do. So I think it's a balance. I think it's got to be somewhat within the realm of believability for the character, and not just as a does it machina to get out of a situation. I think that. Well, has the thing to be. With, yeah, and with Doctor Strange, you can basically have him read any spell that can do anything yeah. in terms of magic, and that's fine with me because he's a magician. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, as long as there's a spell for it, why not? It makes sense for his character. And that, that's I'm by no means a Doctor Strange expert, but I feel like the the whole spelling out what what book he's reading and what spell he's reading from which book that Bendis has been doing is a really new thing. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, it, I, I actually really like that because it gives a sense of oh, he's not just waving his hands around and something happens. He's actually drawing from somewhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as long, I, yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm being jostled a lot on the floor. Oh, okay. It's hard to think. Uh, no, someone almost knocked the satellite off my head, which I had to recover from. But, okay. All right, good. Uh, well, do, uh, do you have time for one more question? Yes, Ian from Staten Island. The most important thing for you to know is that I've been thinking about this since 2010 because I have moved from for school and worked for the Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, to Detroit, back to Kalamazoo, then to Boston, and now finally Staten Island. So he's – okay. He's gone from Kalamazoo, Michigan to Detroit to Kalamazoo to Boston and now Staten Island. Yes. Wow, that's so quite the journey, Ian. Uh, he says, as my friends and I were unpacking, I realized that lugging around the books is getting silly. My job and lifestyle is me traveling weekly and moving locations almost every two years. Before I moved each time, I've tried to donate at least two boxes. This is, however, not a feasible lifestyle anymore, so I'm making the switch to digital. I'm trying to offload my books and hoping to make some money on the, my collection. My question for you is this. Have you got rid of old comic issues that either got, and, and, and either gone back and bought collected editions or the digital copies of those books you got rid of? I don't want to lose these stories, but, but moving 12 boxes again is a nightmare. I know the best stories are the ones worth uh, the most in my collection. So he wants to know... Yeah, we gotten rid of comics and then replaced them with the collected editions. So, so you recently got rid of your, your, your issues, right? Yeah, and in, in December, I donated all my... Almost all of my uh, single issues to charity. I get, it was about thirty long boxes. Yeah. Um, but I haven't specifically gone back and purchased them. I've now DC's been really great lately. We haven't really talked about this, but they have they've been on a tear with their collections. They're putting out all these crazy omnibus uh, from the silver, gold and silver, and, and bronze age stuff. Uh, they're they're collecting all kinds of uh, Batman stuff from the '90s that I never thought would get collected. So I. I'm sort of by default getting them, but I haven't been specifically going, oh, I need to get that because I gave that away. Do you know what I mean? Right. I've just been getting it because I like them. Right. Uh, but I haven't done that. So, so you, Ron, 
on. So the, yeah, Ian's email resonated for me because I've recently moved, and in moving, you know, Ian, that's cute. You moved twelve boxes. That's very very cute. Uh, try, try, <laughs> try moving about seventy. Um, and that, that's just that's just my long boxes of comics. Not to mention the thirty to forty boxes of trades and hardcovers and things like that. Um, right. So needless to say, I'm definitely I can definitely relate to your issue your your quandary. Uh, because of that, I'm actually getting rid of all my issues. Um, I'm actually in the process of, of of a combination of selling and donating and getting rid of get, just basically getting rid of them. And I actually have no plans to replace the, them with collected editions, um, mainly because. Like I just don't have time to go back and reread. You know, like if I, if I want to reread something, I might go and buy it then when the when the thought when it when the the thought strikes me. But yeah. I'm not proactively doing it just because the whole point is that I, I a need the room and b I don't have the time. Uh, Are you, you know. keeping anything? Uh, yeah, I'm keep, I, 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 am, I am keeping my my run of Uncanny X Men. Um, I am keeping. I've got a select stack of books like New Mutants 87 and New Mutants 98 and and the Speedy shooting up Green Arrow and my Nova number one and you know like things like that like my collection ones um, but the thousands and thousands and thousands of filler uh, the DC one million event issues and things like that. <laughs> Come on, you're not gonna reread those? Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, th- those I will gladly uh, hope they find a new home. So yeah. So wow. it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's. I think it's a point. I mean, I. I mean, I. You know, I've been collecting since the '80s. It's. It's a tough. It's. You know. It's. It's. It's a. It's a, a lot of crap. And and space is at a premium now. And time is at even more of a premium. So. Um, but yeah, I'm. Not, I. I ha- I'm keeping all my my trade paperbacks and hardcovers. Um, I'm also keeping a, a select stack of comics to give to patrons to right. uh, my fanboy members, so I will be keeping right. those as well. Um, but yeah, but I, I just you know like the I don't really need to go back and reread you know uh, Mutant Massacre. You know I, I've I read it a lot, so. <laughs> but I'll be oh, able yeah. I'll be able to because I'm keeping my issues. So. <laughs> so you're not going to specifically buy a collected version of say DC One Million? No, I won't. No, uh, not unless I'm like you know I really want to read DC One Million. Then I might go buy the digital edition or buy the 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 collected edition. But I'm not going through and going okay. I'm get I'm getting rid of Spider Man. You know, brand new day. I need to buy all those trades. Like nope, nope. They're, they're like TV. They're like TV episodes. Nope. This not. is giving me a good idea for your birthday. Oh, okay. for Christmas. There you go. Just good. DC One Million trades for the Excellent. rest. Of the Fantastic. Love that event. I love the cover. <laughs> the, uh, that Ryan Hughes I'm covers. I just buy you collections of. DC event like unheralded DC events like, like late nineties early late nineties yeah. early two thousands DC events please bloodlines yep yep uh, I would I would say millennium but that was actually a really good event like just just whatever whatever I can find that's Ta- the tangent universe do you remember that the the yeah. the, the fifth week event yeah so let's do that. <laughs> Forever. All right. So if you have any questions, uh, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, please, uh, when you write in, tell us who you are, where you're from, and how long you've thought about it. And keep it brief. Um, and if you'd like to send in an uh, audio mail, you can send along a uh, MP3 or a wave or something like that of you talking to us, and we'll get that on the show as well, too. Um, thank you for everyone who's wrote in. Uh, contact.ifanboy.com. So one of the things that's happening at San Diego Comic-Con, I can report to you live, is that – uh, Batman the Killing Joke is premiering here, and that is the latest DC Universe animated original film. It re, uh, stars Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill repri- reprising their roles of Batman and the Joker uh, for this adaptation of the Alan Moore classic story. They, they're showing it here, and now I know from the very, 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 very many PR emails I get, they're also showing it at some movie theaters across the country for two nights only. Um, we're going to do a show, as we've done for every DC Universe anim- animated original film, on this uh, probably... Uh, next couple of weeks. It's not going to come out exactly, probably not exactly when the movie launches, just for various logistical reasons, but it'll be happening in the next two weeks. Cool. That'll be exciting. Um, and what will be happening sooner than that uh, is, like you mentioned, the aforementioned earlier on the show, uh, special edition podcast talk about Star Trek Beyond, uh, which also premiered, uh, it already premiered at Comic-Con. You were in the audience yes, at the premiere. I was there. Um, I was in the second row. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I was six feet from Idris Elba. Oh, jeez. That's brilliant. You know what I noticed about him? What'd you notice? Uh, I, I, he was wearing a. If you saw my uh, my Instagram, he was wearing a summer cool outfit. He had oh, shorts, shorts and a shirt on. And everyone else had a suit, and everyone was talking about it. Uh, I own almost exactly that same shirt, almost exactly the same shorts. And I do not look like that wearing. I was gonna clothes. say. I was gonna say, who wore it better? Uh, he did. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's not even close. Ask yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, he's very. <laughs> 
That's so, awesome. That's awesome. So Star Trek Beyond is out. I'm going to see it. You're, you'll see it. Uh, Mike Romo will see it. I don't know if we're going to get Mike on the podcast. Yeah, he's very excited. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to get that, and that's going to probably due to San Diego Comic Con. That's going to come out next week. Um, we're we're, we're going to get it out for you as quickly as possible. Um, but I'm very excited for the movie, so I'm excited to talk about it. So. And finally, Goodfellas Minute. We mention it every week. It's the show we did earlier in the year where we talked about Goodfellas one minute at a time, me and Josh and Ron and, and a cavalcade of special guests, and it's evergreen. So if you are just discovering it now, as we constantly have people telling us, we, in fact, we just got an email this morning from someone who just discovered it, uh, you can go check it out at goodfellasminute.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's, it's a show that will be there as long as we can host it, and uh, we really enjoyed it, and we hope you give it a listen. Excellent. Uh, and that said, go to over to ifanboy.com where you can comment on this podcast. So now we have fixed the bug. So you, you know, those of you who wanted to sign up for an account so you can comment, you're able to do that. Uh, let people know what you thought of this week's books. If we didn't talk about any other comics that you enjoyed, let people know. Um, and over at ifanboy.com, you can find links to all the other previous podcasts. If you want to go back in the archives to hear how long we've been thinking about things or uh, <laughs> other movies or things like that, they're all there. Um, all at ifanboy.com. And, of course, you go to ifanboy.com slash support, as we mentioned earlier, where you can sign up for the brand new ifanboy membership program. Program via Patreon. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ifanboy and on Twitter at ifanboy. And you can follow us individually. I am at RonXO and Connor is at CS Kilpatrick. And you can leave a memorial message for Josh at Jay Flanagan. If you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, just, just should have looked out for the peer, Josh. Yeah. Uh, finally, if you like the show, write a review on iTunes. That's how people find podcasts. Better yet, you can tell your friends about the show. Tell your mom. I mean, how, we've been. Just, just tell her. You've been waiting and putting it off. First of all, call your mom. Second of all, when you're calling your mom and you're getting the update <laughs> on your on your family, uh, tell her about the podcast you've been listening to and how she should check it out. <laughs> and that's that's just really the best thing you can do. Yep. Uh, help us spread the iFanboy love all across the world. Ron, that's it for this week's show. I'm reporting live from the floor of the Comic-Con. And, right. uh, and everyone thinks going well here. I'll have more for you next week. All right. Continue to have fun. Go to Hodad's. Have a burger. Uh, Gosh, yeah. I don't know. The last time we did that, we all really felt our age. <laughs> all right. So until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. See you next week. Da-da-da-da-da.